they're singing and worshiping, will you lift your hands and let the Spirit of God that lives in you cry, Abba, Father? He's your Father. We celebrate Father's Day, but He's our Father. Amen? He's our Father. And from your heart, since you're born again, you have the Spirit of Christ in you, whereby we cry, Abba, Abba, Father. Will you express that He's your Father? We have the spirit of an adoption, whereby we cry from that spirit, Abba, Father. Just express your gratitude to Him as Father. There's many, many people in religion and in the world that they think He's just God, way up there, somewhere, the man upstairs. But you, that have been born again and have the Spirit of Christ, can cry out, Abba, Father. You're my Father, my Father. And you mean everything to me. Will you express to Him your gratitude? You're our Father who art in heaven. And we stand in a place of sonship in relationship with the Father. We're no longer strangers without hope, without God, without a covenant. We're born again by a living Father. Express, give Him glory from your heart today. I'm telling you. Many people know him as G-O-D, God, far away. 400 years there was silence until John the Baptist pointed the way. 400 years of silence until now. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Put that scripture up there for me, Cole, if you would. John 14, verse 9. We're standing in a grand position. We're standing in a great place. (laughs) We've been birthed by God. He's our Father. And the disciples said, teach us to pray. He said, you want to know how you're going to pray from now on? Guys, right on this place like I'm praying. And He's not just the God of Moses and Jacob and Isaac. He's your Father. And you're going to stand in that place and you're going to pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven hallowed be your name let your name be kept holy let your name be kept true let your name be kept pure in my life in your life and jesus said before he left in john 17 he said i'm praying that you be one like i'm one with the father and i'm praying that he would keep you you be kept in the name of the father and kept in his truth and by his words say show me the father father Abba father it's a beautiful thing that's happening us not a doctrinal thing listen listen to this you guys were singing our father who art in heaven the word father in that verse means pater it refers to the begetter the originator the progenitor, one who is intimate in connection and relationship to. Say, my father. My father. Pater. Heavenly father means the one who imparts life. Hallelujah. Will you put your hand over your heart? Just those words. You impart life to me. From my physical birth, it says here, to the gift of eternal life. Through regeneration, ongoing sanctification, my Father. And Jesus said unto him, Philip said, show us the Father. We don't know. Show us the Father. And Jesus said unto him, have I been so long a time with you? And you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me, say seen me, has seen the Father. Why do you say, show me the Father? Why do we spend all this time marring his face and going back to religion when he appears in the face of Jesus and he shows and expresses the Father to us? Amen? Go to Ephesians 1 for me, Cole. Verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians. 
Our Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let's read this together. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be in the Greek means let us speak well of. Let us talk well of our Father. Blessed be. Let us speak well things to our Father. Blessed be the God and Father. Paul said, I'm taking you to a higher level. The psalmist David had a high level of praise and he said, thank you that your mercy endures forever. But Paul the Apostle, with a deeper revelation, says, He's my Father. He's God Creator, but He's become my Father by my Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore I cry out to Him. I speak well of Him. I speak often. Is that what it means? Speak well. Speak often. If any of you want to come up here on what we call Father's Day in the natural, and you want to say, Hey, I want to speak well of my Father. I want to speak often. I want to speak well. He's not just God way up there. He's not that to you that are born again. He's our Father. Everything changes. If anyone wants to say, hey, I want to give praise to my Father today. I'm going to make room for you. You take this mic and say, hey, thank God I was going nowhere. And he's beginning to make something out of me. That's what the Father does. I remember when I was a young man and some older men coaches and some minnesota viking guy was trying to preach the gospel to us in a group and he began to sing this song this burly man big burly you can sit down you can sit down and anna if you're tired i'm gonna make joseph work with the piano go ahead hey she just bounced back she made a comeback in, in a day in a day amen thank you our father which art in heaven she bounced back made a comeback wheelchair air oxygen to play in the piano singing praises to god Thanks be to God, our Father. Amen? I'm going to speak well of him. Don't you want to? If you've got something you want to say about your Father, speak well of him. Go ahead. I'll take this mic and express his heart. Yeah, you can sit up here or whatever you want to do. Is there a microphone back there? Oh, okay. You're attached. Okay. Blessed be. I'll give you time. Are you coming up? She's too cute. She's too cute. Anyone wants to come up, honestly. And this man, he was a big, burly guy, and he began to sing. Okay. No, you go ahead. I just want to say that I've been a child of God for over 40-something years. And in the last few years, I have really come to know him as Father. And You know, I heard... This spoken, and it is true. Every human being in the world has a father wound. Because that father wound came when we were separated from him. But Jesus came and bought it back. And if you even have an earthly father that you have a wound from, but you have a loving heavenly father that loves you with every fiber of your being. And he's proven himself over and over to me this past few years. If it wasn't for the Father, I couldn't stand up here and talk the way I'm talking today. And I just say, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for being faithful and true. And I do keep your name holy and hallowed. Because you are a loving, kind-hearted, precious, compassionate, loving Father that never leaves us nor forsakes us. And I give you all the glory and all the praise because it's from you and you alone. Praise your holy name. Anyone else you want to speak well of? I want to speak well of my father and as Craig was saying, did have a, a rough week, and I remember uh, at the time I just felt so weak, W-E-A-K, and I just kept thinking about that the weak, you know, say I am strong, that's what the scripture says, and I know that through his faithfulness and the strength and support of a body 
the body of Christ. Um, victory came, you know, overcoming came. But I, I want to uh, testify of, of things that are going on in here that are starting to reproduce outside of here, which it's all about, because I know they wouldn't be able to come up and say it. But Craig came on one night from the gym, uh, and he told me that. He says, you know what happened at the gym? He said, um, let me get it right. He said it was Caleb, Donnie, and Pookie. He said they were real concerned about you, and they just there at the gym, they just got together and just started praying for you. And that is a big deal. You think about it, you know, for young men to put aside, you know, how things look or what it appears or whatever, and to obey God with the promptings in their heart, and to already get an understanding of, of the body and their, their part that they have and the power of prayer and the power of agreement, that meant the world to me for two things, of just them having that care and concern and, and praying and adding their faith, but also just seeing the maturity in Christ that's come into their lives and the things that they're getting. You know, some of these things are, are not taught, but they're caught. And to see people catching them and bringing the kingdom of God, you know, into other places in the community and to see young men doing that is, is all the more uh, a testimony to God. We can speak well of him for what he is doing in our midst. Amen. Thank you, guys. Beautiful. Anyone else? To your gratitude, to your father. Amen. What he means to you. What he's done for you. Yeah, it pretty much moved me. Oh, I got a text here. Happy Father's Day. How's Anna? How come I don't know who this is? My prayers are with her and your family. Take care and have a blessed day. Oh, it's Horace. Horace. Time out. I'm just going to give a big thank you. Oh, got another one. Well, well, I just want to um, say God's really moved in our lives in the last couple, in the last month or so, really. Um, I've got a promotion at work, like two or three within like a week, and it's just been bang, 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 um, which is nice. Uh, the, the pay is a lot better. I mean, hey. Um, also, um, me and my dad went on a, a venture together. Um, I had a invention that I got that we finally got the full patent on last month, I guess. So, and Rachel and mom kind of got drug along with that. So it's kind of all of our deal right now. So we're kind of excited about that. But I think the most thing that I'm excited about was that, uh, <clears throat> about January, Tyson, you know, a couple of years back he had to have ear surgery. And uh, in January the doctor said on one of his ears it kind of turned to the side and he thought that probably we'd check it again in, in about May and see. He probably thought that, hey, he's probably going to have to have another surgery just to get that thing taken care of. And, you know, <laughs> our kids have been through a lot in the last couple of years as far as surgeries go. Um, but... You know, mom took him to the doctor, and uh, he came back and said, man, that thing turned back to the way it's supposed to be, you know. So, I mean, and it, it's, it's hard for me to go up here and say that, but I'm thankful for that, and I've already expressed my gratitude to God for that. But, I mean, for others to hear, hey, he still works, you know, and just keep the faith on everything. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Amen. That's awesome. Anyone else? It's a beautiful day.
I can't really even count the blessings that we've had even recently. But I just wanted to uh, give thanks to my father publicly for all that he has doing all that he's going to do. My younger brother, about three months ago, was experiencing some pain in his chest. And he found that he had a uh, tumor there. And it's mesothelioma. And they went in and had surgery. Removed partial ribs. And they were hoping to get all the tumor. And he found out last week that... uh, that they didn't get it all. So he doesn't know what they're going to want to do next. He's expecting a healing. He's believing for a healing. And I'm just bringing that to you publicly so that you can agree with my family and myself for a healing for him as well. And I just thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and all that you will do. Because we are your children. And there's nothing that we can do apart from you. And all good and good things come from you. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Anyone else? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, will you say he has, blessed us. That same word is he speaks well of us. So we speak well of him, and then he speaks well of us, and then we speak well of him, because we got the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Romans eight sixteen. when you go home, read that. Let it take in a different dynamic. Galatians 4, 6, we have the spirit of Christ, it says, in us, whereby we just cry, Abba, Father. Don't you know, don't you know, all creation is groaning for the manifestation of God's sons. Put your hand over your heart. Say, I'm a son of God. Right now, I'm a son of God. Right now. And creation's groaning for the life of Christ in me. Romans 8 says, we're crying out, Abba, Father. We're groaning and and praying. And the world's crying out. Show us the Father. Amen? 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 different time in our lives, different time in the church, different times. And he said, blessed be the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. Higher level, say higher level. Higher order of worship, higher order of praises. Way, way higher than the psalmist wrote, though we love and embrace those. And he says, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's a beautiful thing, right? But this is even greater in open heaven and weightier. And he starts saying, blessed be the God and Father. Not just God way out there somewhere. Will you tell the Lord, I'm never going to mar your face. I'm not going to disfigure it. That's what it means. In, in Isaiah 52, the, 52, it says that they marred the Lord's face beyond human recognition. Do you know who did that? Who marred his face? You can put that up and, and go really fast back there. But Isaiah 52, I don't know, Tom, if you know where it's at, 10 or something, I'll give you time. Maybe 14 or 15, it says. And maybe you don't have to go there, Cole. We'll just talk it out. He said his face was marred. 
beyond human recognition. The Lord Jesus, right? Who marred his face? Tell your neighbor, religion did. Religion made him look not like he was. For many of the servants of God became an object of horror. Many were astonished at him. His face and his whole appearance was marred. That means his face was disfigured, the word marred. I told you who did it. Religion did it. And religion's still doing it now. 400 years of silence. Laws, commandments, ordinances, rituals. And then the Father comes in a tabernacle and expresses who he really is through the face of Jesus. Pure. Say pure. Really clear. And he says in what we said earlier, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Quit looking to religion anymore. Look at my face. I am. I am. I am. God walked the earth in Jesus Christ, expressing the will of God. And why do we, why do we, why do we look at religion and disfigure his face? His marred more than any man's and his form beyond that of the sons of men. And we still do that today. I spent, I was in the cancer center last week, and I was astonished at a man that came in. This guy was dying, so he made it hard for me to correct him. I'm saying, I didn't know what to do. said, he's dying. I don't, all he did was come and sit in there, and he talked to us 30 minutes, wore everybody out in the place, killed the whole thing, doctors, nurses running from him. And all he did was talk about in doctrine, say in doctrine. Now, once did he mention in Christ, and I was pacing it and waiting. I said, God, I can't let this happen. I don't know what to do. I know he's a suffering guy, but he's spewing out all these things that are marring the very face and the beauty of Jesus Christ and who he really is. And nobody wants that religion. Nobody wants that. Nobody, they hate it. I hate it. And I go, I don't know what to say. I felt unskilled at the moment because I said, I don't want to blow him up, but I can't let him keep talking. And I was pacing him. All he did was talk about his doctrine had nothing to do with Jesus, and he was more in that face. All he did was talk about, uh, this is my doctrine, and this is the name. I'm in this denomination. Oh, I, And in my heart, I'm going, how sad. How sad. Oh, you're in a denomination. I'm in Christ. Where is he at? No, I'm in, and this is my doctrine that I'm in. More in the face of Jesus. And I go, what do I do, God? And I, I got frustrated. I still left frustrated. Now my wife, she was kind of in pain a little bit. And she had a little hawk face. And she's like, enough of this already. And she said something to him. And I'm saying, good. Because, you know, it's different. I'm like, I'm all in there healthy. Like, I'm going to beat you down. <laughs> you old religious guy. <laughs> I just felt, I didn't know what to do. Honest truth. I hate that feeling. So I asked God, is there a better way to be skilled? And all he did was start telling me his doctrine. And, and so, you know, you know what I... Uh, I told the doctors in here, I, I just worship God so hard that I blacked out. I said, dude, you're hyperventilating. That's not, that's not worshiping God in, in his presence. You're just, you're doing kangaroo hops. That's not the beauty of Jesus. Then he started saying some stuff about all these doctrines and how long your hair is, how long your dress is, how short it is, how short it's not. How, I'm like, oh my Jesus. And he's saying all this time, and I'm pacing, saying, Lord, where's the wisdom here? And, I, and he starts to say, I think I talked too much. And I, I, I was going to weigh in. I had the site right there. And he got called in. And I was going to tell him, that's the Holy Spirit. He thought the Holy Spirit was, and I got, it took me four months to get the Holy Ghost. Oh, I was going, you're killing me. When, the, when it was rent, you got the Spirit of God. You don't have to tarry anymore. Amen. I believe in the graces and the gifts of God. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in all that, but not like him. I got the Holy Ghost. That means I got to talk in another prayer language. That's not getting the Holy Spirit. Everything was outward in religion because he's religious. Your hair's too long. Your dress ain't long enough. Marring the face of Jesus. Can't stand it. Don't you know? The same cross in Ephesians that said that he died for our sins. Say he died for my sins. Jesus said and through Paul that he also paid the price for our sin nature. For our solical behavior. For sometimes that unsanctified areas of our life. On that cross he also paid 
for us to overcome Satan and this world's powers. And we, and we do. And I love all that. We all say amen. But he also said, by my cross, I abolished the handwritten ordinances of religion, of doctrines, empty doctrines that men give. I abolished that too. Oh, you want to da- The guy wants to dance down the hallway. Why don't you put that away and embrace Yahweh? Huh? Religion's killing it. It's marring its face. I don't know why it's human nature to do that. I know that God's visiting and God's doing deep things. Say deep things. Say deep calls unto deep. And he's visiting. And he's visiting his church. I talked to a man of God yesterday and, and I told him, what's the health and the vitality in your local fellowship? And he goes, that's the word I got. Health and vitality. And God's dealing with me. And I go, yeah, God's doing this universally, not just with me or you or us. He's doing it universally. He's visiting his church once again. He visits his house. Say, it's his house. Jesus was moved. and He said, you've made my father's house a den of thieves. It's my father's house. The zeal of God is for the father's house. Say, the father's house. And he's still that way today, right now. And he's visiting again. And I remember in the 80s that... Churches were nothing more than nurseries, shallow people just embracing doctrine and maybe a little bit of the presence of God, but it was so shallow and God sent men in the 80s, a certain order of men, a certain kind of men that I never met before. And those men had stature and those men had weight and they had manhood. In California, I'm talking about, they came then at that time from the sound of God, they began to visit and I had the privilege of being around them. And I say, these are different men. They're not playing the church thing. These are foundational men. They're governmental men. They're stepping in on his stead. They have a message. They have a mantle. They're bringing maturity to the body of Christ. This is how my father's glorified. Say that with me. This is how my father's glorified. That you bear much fruit. That you bear his likeness. That you bear his image. That you carry his dominion. That you become his expression. That's how my father's glorified, that you bear much fruit. That's what it means, maturity, maturation, the expression of Christ's presence of God, not some silly, empty doctrine. Doctrine does not save you. Baptism doesn't save you. None of those doctrines save you. They keep you on a path. Paul said in Hebrews, these doctrines, fundamental principles, they don't save you. Nothing saves you. A person, Jesus saves you. And faith in him alone, that's it. Jesus Christ and faith in God alone. Paul made it clear, for with the heart a man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto. Doctrines are a thing. They're a pathway so we don't walk in a crooked way. So I embrace doctrine to help my path. But it don't save me, and it don't save anyone. And people, men become, take doctrines and make, try to make them, that thing, a person. You can't do it. And that's why he said, I abolish some of these, these rituals. It's all about him. Say him. The person of Jesus. That's the beauty that we're not marring. I'm not marring that face. Every time men do that, when in the 80s, these men came with strength and maturity, and they came. And we know what fatherhood really does? It brings maturity and manhood. In the 80s, they came with fatherhood and they said, Hebrews chapter 12. We'll go there real quick. Hebrews 12. And they began to introduce these men of stature. Say stature. And they were saying, we're going to get out of the shallow pool, kids. Come on out. Come up higher. You're gonna, we're going to get out of that shallow pool. I want you to come up higher. These men were sent by God. And they said, we're going to mature some people. You're not going to play around in church. You're going to grow and be equipped in who God made you to be. That's the calling of God. They came. And I remember one of, one of my, my pastor back then, he was, this man came in and began to talk to him. And he said, yeah, I need this. I need this training. Say training. And Anna, if you can find the exact verse, it says that, that don't despise the correction or the chasing of the Lord in Hebrews 12. For he, every son he loves, he corrects. And. Say, that was the 80s. That was introduced. It's sad that men made it a doctrine, right? As soon as, as, soon as the beauty of the revelation of Jesus comes and the Father says, I want to help you, train you, and then men make it a doctrine. And they kill the beauty of the revelation 
of the Father. And all of a sudden, they become the Father. And then they get in a spirit of error, and the whole thing that God introduced goes down the tubes. Say, not so in me. Say, not so in me. Say, show me the Father. Not the doctrine of it. Show me the Father. I don't want the error of it. Did you know the verse, Anna? And this is what they introduced about the Father. And we needed it. Say we needed it. We still need it today. Every man, woman, and child still needs that. Still needs to, to grow in the Father, grow in correction, grow in training, grow in maturity. We still need it. Say, I still need it. But I'm not making a doctrine out of it. Because some of those men, I realized after they introduced it, they always stayed with it. Everything was correction. Everything was constant. Everything was of that order. And I said, I'm not that guy. Sorry. You're that guy. You're that narcissist. You're that guy that's rebellious. I'm not that guy every time. I've got my correction there. I've made a change there. So my father's more to me than that. There's a next level of the father to me. And the father is someone who made something out of me. You can't be around the father and not be transformed into manhood. Identity with God. Don't you know that he said this? This is my beloved son. Say, endorsement comes from the Father. That's part of the Father I know. Yeah, I embrace his corrections and all that, and so do you. But I know another part of the Father, and another level of the Father, and, and he came and endorsed my life. You say, endorsing. And then he brought confidence to my life. Say, confidence. I'm not talking about cockiness. Confidence in God. Say, God, you called me to this, Father. You called me to this? I don't have the confidence in it. I'm endorsing you. This is your, who you are. This is what you're going to do. And I'm going to be with you in it when you're doing it. Say, that's the fatherhood of God. And all creation is groaning for that. Don't you know the spirit of God is not a kangaroo hop? Don't you know the spirit of God isn't just talking in some foreign language? The spirit of Christ and the spirit of God, it's rich. It's wisdom. It's depth. It's beauty. It's an inward life. Say, it's in me. Christ in me. Say, Christ in me. I got that spirit. I cry out a Father. He's my identifier. He's the one that touches me and shapes me. He's the master potter, Jeremiah 18 said. Say, master potter. When you give your heart to Jesus and you're born again, he puts you on a potter's wheel in the potter's house. And he begins to shape your life. It says, I love you. I created you, but now you're more than my creation. You're my son. You're more than my creation. You're my son. There's a shift. And he said, I'm going to shape you. He said it like this in Isaiah 43. He said, Jacob, I created. We've all been born out of our mother's womb, created by God, right? But until we're born again, then he starts the shaping. And he puts us on that wheel. Jeremiah, the master potter, I'm going to shape you. Ephesians, he's the master workman that gets us and shapes us and molds our lives. And we don't even know what's going on, but we feel him grip our hearts and shape us, transform us, change us. And then all of a sudden comes out of that, you go, I'm beginning to take shape. It's my father. And I begin to tell you earlier, this big ex-Minnesota Viking guy started with his guitar. And I'm going, I don't know about this Jesus thing. And he starts playing this song. Something beautiful, something good. I'm putting my head down. I'm kind of embarrassed because he's a big guy and he sings horrible. Misunderstanding, he understood. All I had to offer him was emptiness and strife. But he made something beautiful of my life. I was embarrassed. And they said, you want to stay here? I go, no, I'm going to go wrestle with that guy that just won the Olympics. <laughs> I want to learn, so I don't want this. I don't know what you're talking about, because it's, it's different. But it never left me. See how the song never left me? It's never left me. Big Minnesota guy. His, he was ex-guy, had the big jersey. Don't even know who he was. Can't even recontact him. I always wanted to say something to those guys. I said, you, you, were, you were a fool, for Christ's sake. <laughs> As you put out your cigarette, you were a fool, for Christ's sake. No, I didn't smoke cigarettes. Easy. I got another text there. That's nice. And he said, made something out of your life. And I said, that's the father that I know. And that's the whole thing that makes us move. His voice shapes us. Say, shapes us. 
Every time, Ecclesia, because I got the name of this place. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, Anna, you turn there. And it talks, I think, the third verse. And it says that to everything there's a time and every season. He says one time to plant, one to water, whatever. Then he says there's a divine sense, a plan in every man. Where is it? It's all right. Anna doesn't have a Bible. She has scrolls. She says it's going to fall apart. It's a scroll. What verse was it? Do you remember? Huh? Three? Oh, it's three. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Let's, let's look at it. Three, verse 11 in the Amplified. Say, he has made everything beautiful in his time. He's also planted eternity. Put your hand over your heart. When God plants something, say he planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. A divinely implanted, say implanted sense of purpose working through the ages and everybody read this with me which nothing under the sun but god alone can satisfy see that's in you that's in me that's in all creation that's groaning and that's what happens when you come to jesus you don't just stop there you don't just stay there god forbid you ever mar his face and get stuck in a doctrine come out of that doctrine that doctrine's a pathway to keep you on target. Keep going with God. He speaks into us every day. And then we begin to be shaped by those words. He changes the environment that he loves us so much that he purges our hearts and shapes us by environment and situations. Afflictions come to us. Some people panic. Some embrace it. I, was, I saw these guys and when they sent me this text, it moved my heart. They don't know. I'm saying this is what I live for, man. Is that these guys grow in God. Look at it. Listen to this. It made me weep. Where is it? Caleb was texting me. Listen to this. He asked me how things were going. And, and he said, uh, I'm just really glad she's starting to come around. Donnie and Pookie and, 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 uh, and myself prayed. And this is what I, I laughed and, and, and teared up at the same time. I guess our prayers were as strong and fit as we were. Look at them boys. I know that something happened there. <laughs> if their prayers are as strong as they look at these guys, somebody moved heaven. But it was like it was articulated so well. I said, nice verbiage. But more than that, they were moved when there was affliction. Nobody told them, hey, go pray for Anna. Organically, they began to move. Organically, they began to pray. They did something in here. Maybe all, maybe all these things of, hey, turn to your neighbor and pray. Maybe all those things that it looks like sometimes they're dreading it. All of a sudden they took it out there and said, yeah, let's do this. Huh? Maybe so, huh? Maybe so? All right, don't put that guitar down. I don't care how sore your hands are. Pick it back up. <laughs> I love that sound. <laughs> you tired? Your, your fingers are tired? Okay. And we have, have we forgotten an exhortation which speaks unto us as children. My son, don't despise the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you're rebuked of him. Next verse. For the Lord corrects, say he corrects. And he disciplines everyone he loves. Say he loves me. That's why he corrects me. See, that guy in that cancer center, he, he was talking about all this outward thing, this doctrinal thing, but the Holy Spirit that lived in him was telling him, shut up, you talk too much. And, and that needs to be pointed out. He needs to realize that. Something's not right in here. I'm talking too much. And he says it out of his own mouth. I'm talking too much. Yeah, you are. Yes and amen to that. That's how the, he's the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's doing. He's, he's causing holiness in our lives. Not all that outward craziness, right? For whom the Lord loves, he corrects and scourges every son whom he receives. Say, I'm his son. Amen. Next verse. If you endure correction and God deals with you as sons, for what son is it he whom the father chases not? And it goes on, right? I want to get into some of the fruit. Let's go to, let's, is it 10? Let's try 10. For they verily for a father of the spirit, father of the flesh, but they, they did it for their own profit. But the father of the spirit, say he fathers my spirit, right? Yeah. For their profit they did it. That we, say for partakers of holiness, say holiness. The whole thing of fatherhood and holiness is God's nature. God's likeness, God's image. That's what it's for. That's holiness. Say holiness. It's who he is. Don't you know? It's his likeness and image that he's working in us. Next verse. 
Now, no chasing seems to be joyous or fun at the time, but it's grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields. Say it yields. It yields. Say it yields. It yields peaceable fruits. Say fruit of maturity and righteousness. Say righteousness. Say, point to yourself. Holiness is in here. His nature. Righteousness is what's expressed out of us. That's what comes out of us. My father's glorified. He said that you're expressing righteousness, that you're bearing fruit, that people see how you live. That's after holiness has affected your insides. Righteousness comes out of you. Are you listening to me? It says righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Say exercised. It says trained by. Say the father's training me. Say the father's making me, right? So we're not stopping there with correction, right? We're going on to another level with the Father, and we're saying you, we want to show us the Father. Show us the Father. And you've got to know, read your Bibles. John 14, he said that they go, show us the Father, right? And they're always talking about it. And he's, and he's, let's just go there. I'll touch it a little bit. And I'm going to go back to Ephesians. Say, the Father's my maker. He's the one that shapes me. He's the one that predestined me for our callings and placings and all those things, Right? That's the beauty of the Father. John, John 14. I'm going to look. Let's see what verse. Let's try to start. Let's start in 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me. Listen to this. Let's look at context. Say context. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Say believe in. In the Greek, it means believe into. That's an experience. This is not a mental, I believe in God. No, it's believe into. Put your heart into God. Believe into God. Believe into. Say into. And believe also into Jesus. I believe you're, when you're believing, you're not just saying, I believe you. I believe into you. I, my heart's into it. I put my heart into it. I'm believing into God. Believing in me also, he says. Next verse. In my Father's house. Say house. Are many mansions. I looked up Father's house. It's the same Father's house in, in John 2, the 16th verse. He said, My Father's house won't be a den. He was talking about the temple of God. Say the temple. In this, he's talking about the body of Christ, but in this, he's talking about Jesus wore, was a tabernacle. Say he tabernacled. He was a person. It's not a place. We used to read that for years. My Father's house, there's a mansion. That's somewhere off in heaven. That's not what he's saying. Get context. Believe in me. Believe into the Father. Believe also in into. And you're not going. My Father's house, it's a tabernacle. Jesus is that tabernacle. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the body of Christ, if you would. Not just a mansion in heaven, right? You gotta get it. There are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Always read it that way. Okay, one day you're preparing me this house, and, and Butch will have a big house, and I'll have a, maybe a little shack with gold and somewhere. That's not what he's saying. Read on to the next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may also be. Where I am, there you may also be. In the next verse. And whither I go, you know the way. Listen, get this, because it's going to go off on you. And whether I go, you know the way. You know. He said, you know the way. So stop right there for a second. If it's all, if the way is a place called heaven, and if, if the way is, is uh, this outward thing someday, listen to his next answer. Thomas said unto the Lord, we don't, we don't know where you're going. And I would have done it too, because I'm getting confused just reading it. Because <laughs> it's so deep, Right? And how can we know the way? And we would say, you know, we, we, if it was going to heaven, well, show us the way. You're going to heaven, you're going to go up in the clouds, and you're going to go up there. And Jesus says this to him. I am the way. It can't be, he's not talking about just up there, right? He's like, no, no, I told you earlier, believe in him, believe in me. It's a place in me. You're in, in here. And he says, no, you're not going, there's not some big old mansion for there. Right in here. You're going to enter into the Father. You're going to enter into the Son. You're going to enter into the Holy Ghost in a whole other dynamic. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Saturating them with the nature of. Right now. Say right now. Not I'll fly away right now. And, it, and he answers it by his own words. And the way it says it's not, it's not just a place. It's right here. It's a person. Jesus said, I, I said unto him, I am the way, Thomas. I am the reality. 
That's Aletheia. I am the life. Say, it's me. Lord, it's you. No man comes unto the Father, huh? But by me. Now listen to what they go on. And if you have known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know him. Right now, you know him. He said that. And he's unfolding it. Say he's unfolding it. And you know him, and you have seen him. Where? Where did he see him? Where did he see the Father? Say in Jesus' face. He saw the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now way out here, look at me. I'm the tabernacle of the Father. Look right here, he said. I'm, he's right here. This is the mansion. This tent. I know people are gone. They're tilted. I can feel already. He said, what are you talking about, Craig? I just want to go to heaven. You're going. You're going. Don't worry about it. But he said, we're looking for a city coming down. Sometimes we're all looking to go up. Take me out of here. He said, no, look for the city coming down, the new Jerusalem coming down. That's what he said. I know people looking at me. I know they're saying, boy, this guy, what is he talking about? I don't know. Uh, You read your Bible. If you have known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Next verse. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father. And that's sufficient for us. Next verse. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And you, have, and you say to me, Philip, he that has seen me, say seen me, has seen the Father. And now how do you say then, show us the Father? In the next verse. Believes, listen to what he says. So he's trying to get it across to us, right? And we go, I don't know, but, I, but I've been trained this other way. But he said, no, this is what I said. Believe that Give me some uh, another. Oh, that's right. Believe that thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the work. Next verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes. Get them happy fingers like that penguin has happy feet, Cole. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Next verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, say, believes into me. That's the Greek. So whenever you're approaching God and believing, you're not just saying, I'm believing you. I say, I'm engaging my heart. I'm engaging my spirit. I'm engaging, I'm believing into that issue. And I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he also do in greater works than these? Shall I do because I go unto the Father? So he's going on and he goes on and it gets kind of deep and it's too deep for me. And I'm stopping there. Because, but the bottom line is, we're going to enter into some levels in our relationship with Jesus and, and with the Father and with the Spirit of God, right? We're going to enter in there. People have a hard time with it because we're, look, and nobody understands all that, this Trinity thing and all that. People get, they tilt. But the book makes it clear. He said that there, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, the operation of the Father, say the operation of the Father, the administration of Jesus and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That's a functioning part of God. Okay, I'm getting off of that. I don't want to get into theory. So let's go back to Ephesians 1. I'm going to close this. Ephesians 1. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to speak well of. For he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, say, in Christ. Just as he chose us. This is what he spoke. Look, it. it's in your word, but he's going to speak to you every day. But one of the things he said, I chose you. Just as he has chosen us in him. Say, in him. I told you, young men, underline your Bible in Christ, through Christ, in him. Because that's where you are. Say, that's where I am. And you pray that. You say, I've been chosen in him. Say, I've been chosen in him. I'm speaking well. He's speaking well of me. And what he's saying is, I've chosen you in him before the foundation of the world. That you'd be holy, that you'd be blameless before him in love. Say, I'm holy and blameless in him in love. I'm predestined, say, I'm predestined unto adoption as a son through Jesus Christ to himself. According to the intention of his will, say his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on me, say on me, on the beloved, in whom, say that's me. In whom he's redeemed me through his blood. He's forgiven me for my trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Say that with me. He's lavished me. 
in all wisdom and insight. He's made known to me the mysteries of his will. Say nothing's hidden anymore. Jesus opened the scrolls in heaven, opened the book, the new covenant. There's nothing hidden. If we just approach him, it starts getting revealed to us. Say it's an open heaven to me. It's an open book to me. Right? Where was I? Where did I leave off? What verse? Huh? Nine? Having made known unto us the mystery. Say the mysteries. Of his will. Say his will. I told a young man yesterday one of the mysteries of his will. He said he was dealing with what am I call, my calling. I'm starting to come into my calling. But sometimes I question and go, I know this. I know this is what God called me. But sometimes I think I'm 20-something. I don't want to waste my life. I said, you're battling. You know what the will of God is. You know what God's calling you. You're beginning to see your calling. Say calling. Now, if you stick around and he's he's battling, well, am I wasting my life? I'm too young. I'm too this. I'm too that. I said, listen, when you want to know the mystery of his will, when you want to know the will of God, when Jesus goes into Gethsemane and says, drink this cup, it's not going to pass from you. He knows the calling. Drink the cup. The faster you drink the cup, the faster you'll embrace his will, the faster you get on that cross, hang on it and die on it is the faster you'll experience resurrection in it. That's reality. So when the cup of the will of God comes to you, and you'll start doing that thing, you start sweating blood and going, I don't know if I want it like that young man did. Uh, God, what am I called to do? What am I called to do? This is what you're called to do. Wait a minute. I don't know if I want this. I don't know. You, you kidding me? Serve all these people every week? That's not what I thought you were going to say. Cup doesn't pass. Say it doesn't pass. And Jesus was in Gethsemane, and we all go there. Say, we all go there. And we all go there, and we get on our knees, and we say, Father, if there's any other way. Father, if there's any other way. This guy said, no, I, wanna, I think I, I don't want this. I think I want to do maybe this. I, want a, I, want a, uh, I don't want my, my calling. I want maybe a career. And, and he's in that place, right? Here's the cup. And you, he, can, he can push it away, but it's like invisible. Everywhere he walks, here's this cup. I think I'm going to go choose to marry this person. God said, that's not the will of God. So he sees her and he hits the cup. But I like her. She's cute. The cup's still there. And it falls. He says, this cup will pass. Say, it's not passing. Not until you and I drink it. See, and we talk about it. So I told him, drink the cup. Get out of the sweat and blood. Quit sweating. Quit vacillating. What you know is the calling of God. Drink the cup. And then he goes, yeah, but it's painful. Now hang on that cross. And the quicker you... Breathe out and hang on it and die on it is the faster you're going to experience the resurrection of that life with it. And he goes, oh, I get it. I get it. Okay. That, that, say that's God. Say we love the cross. Say I love the cross. He died for me on it. He caused me to overcome by it. But there's another part of the cross that we're to take up. That's Christianity. That's manhood in God. We're to take up our cross and follow. Our, cro- our cross that he gives us is not sufferings. It's to do his will. The cross is the crossing of our will and his will. So the faster you go like this, like, okay, I get it. I die on it. Then you get the resurrection life of it. Just like that, right? That's the principle of God. So he said the mystery of his will according to the, where did it go? The mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he has purposed in himself. Next verse. Say he's speaking well to me. Through this book right now, not to mention specifically in all of our lives, through this book right now, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him. Say in him. And in whom? Say in whom? Also, I have. Say I have. Say we have. Obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should. Say that I should. Now say that we should. Be to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. Next verse. In whom. Say in whom. Say that's where I'm at. In whom you also. That trusted after. That you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed. You were also sealed. Say, I was also sealed. I was sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Say, he's speaking well of me. People say, give me a word from God. I just gave you about ten. You say, give me a God. God, speak to me. He just spoke ten. He said, you're redeemed in him. You're forgiven in him. He has no memory of your past. I will not remember it any longer. But that's not all. 
In him you're predestined to a certain walk, a certain call, with a specific gifting, right? Say, that's the Father gives that. You stick around. See, these guys, they, they don't know it. They, they're, they're, God's shaping them, and all of a sudden they call me. Caleb starts calling me and concerned. What is he doing? Obviously, he's got a mercy gift in him. Obviously, he has that compassion of Christ in him. He's looking out for, for me. He's looking out for my wife. That's inherent in God. <laughs> that's not because he's a nice guy, because he's not a nice guy. That's because of something that's working in him. So he rallies, right? Organically rallies and said, I can't, I'm glad she's doing better because now I can get this off my mind. That's functioning as a guy who prays out of mercy and compassion. That's where intercessions come from. That's how people pray. So I'm going, I'm smiling. I'm going, yeah, this is a tough affliction, but look at what happens in these guys. They're praying at the gym. That's a big deal. That's a big thank you, God. No one told them that. They said, let's get together. Let's do this. That's real. That's authentic. That's organic. Amen? It's good stuff. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who speaks well of us, right? I'm going to finish up, and I'm going to give you Hebrews real quick. Say, I'm not marring the face of Jesus. And God is visiting his church universally, and he is making it healthy once again. And he's getting people. There's going to be such a distinction between people who just walk around in doctrine, in denomination, instead of in Christ and in his life, in the beauty of Jesus Christ. There's going to be such a contrast. And people will give you all their rhetoric and their doctrine. And somebody that's brand new just says, I'm going to give you Jesus Christ. And they're going to say, I feel his presence, man. What must I do? Huh? I don't care how young or old you are. If you're born again, life has begun. Say, life's begun. Say, Father is the source of all life. And if you're born again, life has begun. It never stops. And you've got to know the nature of the Father, not religion. You've got to know the most beautiful parable of the Father is Luke 15. All religion tells you, you did something wrong. You're, you're in trouble. Don't come back until you get it all fixed right. That's not what he says. That's not what he illustrates, Jesus. He said there's a parable, and the father was at the door, and he's looking for his son. And the son came with an unpure motive. I'm hungry. And the father said, I don't care. Just come back to me. You're still my son. Say, you're still my son. No matter if you've known the Lord, no matter what you've done wrong, you're still his son. You still belong to him. Religion will say, no, you're cut off, and now you've got to go get resaved. No, you don't. There's, re- there's no regret. Just repent. Come back to the Father's house. He still waits for people. He's there running after him, and he shows the Father's heart, saying, Tyler said, I screwed up. I'm all jacked up. And the Father said, you came? I'll meet you halfway. Hugs his head. Pulls it down. And it says he put weight on it and wept. Say, that's my Father. Say, I'm his son. I'm still his son. I don't care what you've done wrong. You're still his son. Religion's going to tell you, no, you, you're not. You've got to do this. You're unsaved. No, you're not. God's not going to quit you, leave you, or forsake you. He's going to shape you, transform you. Out of Father's house, he ran, and then he took him in. That's the illustration of the Father that we're to look at. He took him into the house, and as he's hugging him and loving him, and the guy's stuttering, okay, I'm supposed to say, I was a sinner, and I'm, I'm ugly, and I'm undone. He's like, whatever, get back in here. Get back into my house. Now, servants, go get the best robe. Get that chief robe. Get that first robe. Get that certain robe that belongs to Sarah, not the one that belongs to Anna, not the one that belongs to him. Tyler's his name. Not the one that belongs to Joseph. Not another man's armor. Not another man's coat. The one that I designed for him in that closet. See them all? Pick that one, the best coat. Start clothing that son. Now put a ring on his finger so he knows who he is and who he belongs to. That he's married to me and to my kingdom. That's the illustration of the Father. Isn't it so much more real and beautiful than religion? People walking around saved one day, lost the next. That's crazy. That's the marring of the beauty of God. I was eight years old. I talked to Anna. She was eight years old. I talked to Bruce Lee. He was eight years old. And I remember being on a playground. The school I went to looked like a prison. It had like a cyclone fence and we got a recess. I probably was six to eight years old, and I stood on that fence one day, and it was the, the sun came and the breeze came, and I felt God then. Didn't even understand it. So I started telling some people, I said, anything ever happened to you when you were six or eight years old? I remember standing at that gate, and it was like, God, God, God say God. He wasn't my father yet. He was God. Blew through me and gave me that sense of him that I can't explain. 
And as I'm talking about it, I think about it. It probably happened to all of us. Six to eight years old. I remember another guy, when I grew up, he was the heathen when he grew up. I'm talking heathen. And he told me when I was six to eight years old, Craig, I went down the street, went to a church, and I felt like God will never leave me, and nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. Who did that? Anna said she remembers saying that same thing. I felt like when I was six to eight years old, there was a time when God's presence just said, nothing's going to happen bad to you. I got your back, so to speak. That's probably happened in your life as God, right? He did that before we even knew him, before we even cared about him. And then my buddy, he grew up into this horrible person, heathen. I shouldn't say horrible person. He just didn't want anything to do with God. But I'm just being biblical, transgressor. <laughs> and then God, that means he's working with us. And I said, there's something about that. I told Bruce, he goes, yeah, when I was six to eight years old, Having difficulties in my home life, that happened to me. Say, God, who so richly loved us, yet while we were sinners, say he so richly loved us while we were sinners. I don't have a clue why men try to bring Moses' tablets of stone to try to win people. When it's the love of God that compels them. I don't understand why they say all that. Damn thee all. I don't understand that. I know there's a wrath that's to come. But Jesus took a lot of that wrath. Amen? So I see the illustration of the Father very, very different by the Word of God. Maybe not by my religious institutional mind. But when I start getting in that Word and I see who He really is, religion will argue with you because they can't stand Him. They'll tell you why it's not true. Well, then everybody has a license to sin. They're going to sin anyway. They are. People are going to sin anyway. I don't have to give them a license Paul said, don't use this beauty and this grace to go sin. Use it to be transformed. That's what we're banking on. Forget about all that clothesline preacher. Lengthen your dress. Cut your hair. Take your makeup off. Let God transform a person. All that other stuff is empty. Say it's empty. It's dead works. It's going nowhere. Hebrews chapter 12. I looked at my Bible and it says this. I'm done in a few seconds here. It says, uh, where does mine, mine say 12? Hebrews 12. Contrast, on the top of my heading, it says, Contrast of Sinai and Zion. Verse 18. For you have come to a mountain, say, that can, that can be touched, that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, he says, was it, have you come? Have you not come? For you have not come, say, I have not come, to a mountain that can't be touched. I have not come to a blazing fire. I have not come to darkness. And I have not come to gloom and whirlwind. And of the blast of a trumpet and the sound of a word, which sounds was so much that everybody was afraid of it. I didn't come to that, right? For they could not bear the commands. Even if a beast touched the mountain, they would be stoned. Say, I'm not coming to that mountain. And that mountain was so terrible that the sight of Moses, they were all full of fear and trembling. Say, I didn't come to that mountain. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion. Say, Mount Zion. To the city of the living God. To the heavenly Jerusalem. To the myriads of angels. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. Who are enrolled in heaven. And to God, say to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of the righteous made perfect. And to Jesus, say to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and the sprinkling of blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. You've come to a kingdom that's not shaken. So every time somebody tries to put you in darkness, put you in gloom, put you in sour juice, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Then you just tell them, hey, man, there's a beauty in Christ. Get saved and you'll feel grace. Quit your moping. In the middle, middle of suffering and affliction, right? We're to count it all joy. You got to know people are in the wrong tree when they walk around with sour faces. Trying to keep the ordinances. They want to make you suffer too. Huh? Paul said that. I don't care what your affliction is. Count it all joy. Rejoy. Get happy again. God's with you. He's your father. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Did you get anything out of this? Did you really? Then put your hands together and give God thanks. Amen. Thank you. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. 
Our Father, thank you. Our Father, thank you. Our Father, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for your depth. Thank you for your riches. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. 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 Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory be to God. Blessed be the God and Father. Blessed be our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us not our trespasses as we forgive not those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from every evil, every evil in it. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. And yours is the power. Forever, 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 forever and amen. Amen, 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 amen. All right.